You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. With over 500 vehicles in stock, St. Louis Acura has one of the best inventories in the Midwest. We sold a record 214 cars in April and want to break that record in May. Our customers have always been our number one priority. That's why we are the nation's only 29-time Acura Precision Team winner for customer satisfaction. We offer free vehicle pickup and delivery to your home or office. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. just got more entertaining it's weekend joe on claves online driven by munganast st louis acura hear from some of the big names in st louis and national sports every weekend and now here's joe roderick and me i'm andy hanselman It's another episode of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClabesOnline.com. I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, how are you? Joe, I'm I'm good. I'm, I, I have I have problems, Joe. What what problems do you have, Joe? I, I burned a bad the- DraftKings team in the U.S. Open. No, I'm doing all right there so far. Okay. I haven't even looked at mine yet. We'll we'll do I, it live. Go to that. I'll do it live. Uh, Joe, I went to that delicious Bella Milano last Thursday night for dinner. Okay. They have this delicious spinach artichoke dip for an appetizer. Okay. I mean, it's just pure golden deliciousness. All right. Waiting I, to, we're still waiting on to hear what this problem is. Burn the hell out of the roof of my mouth. Ah, okay. And I keep forgetting that it's burned. And so I keep eating sharp things and it, it just, it just hurts. And sometimes you get you get a little salt in it, and it burns. It's it's better than it was, but I'm I'm just it, I'm, I'm 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 with my ankle, and now my root the roof of my mouth, and just I'm, my, I'm turning forty four this weekend. I, I'm I'm falling apart, Joe. I'm falling. It apart. sounds like it. it. That's exactly what it sounds like is uh is happening. Tired of it. Yeah, I uh, I finally went running for the first time since coming back from Denver the uh, the other day. So. I, I did that. I strapped on a, a a nice brace on my right, uh, my left hammy, and I went and I ran, and everything's feeling a lot better. It's uh, it's feeling good. Glad to hear it, Joe. Yeah, I but I, I still I, I preemptively uh, just to you know just to be smart about it, I went ahead on Monday. I let all three softball teams know that my services would not be available this this uh, this week. Right, and so I've let I've already started back in. I'm like okay. Monday team told them I'd be available Tuesday. I'm going to try again. I'm, I think I'll be available. And then, uh, then Thursday, you know, I'll, I'll should be good to go by then too. So I, I think, uh, I think I'll get back in the swing of things next week. So I looked up good ways to, to treat a, a burn on the roof of your mouth. Joe. They said yeah. eat soft, cold food. So I've been having a little bit of ice cream. This I was going to say ice cream, yogurt. Yeah. Yogurt. Lots of yogurt too. We have ice, some ice cream and yogurt. Been heavy on that. I'm going to do some grits tonight for dinner. 
Hmm. So I, uh, speaking of burned, Andy, I, uh, so I was up in Chicago last weekend at my, uh, when my cousin lives in the apartments right next to Wrigley Field. So okay. it's whatever Clark and Addison residences is, uh, is where he lives. Oh, wow. Right there in Wrigleyville. Right there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, I pretty, the way he described it, he's like, yeah, him and his, uh, his girlfriend, they just don't do anything, eat anything. They live there. That's, that's, that's where the money goes. Uh-huh. From there. <laughs> we're on, we're on food stamps, but we have a right. fantastic place to live. I mean, you could really, from his room, you could see the pitcher's mound from his living room. <clears throat> really? You, you can't see shit else that goes on in the game, but you can see every single pitch thrown. I mean, I would assume you can see the outfield too, right? No, no, no. You can see through a the oh. you can see through the you you can see right there below, you know, the first level, you can see the pitcher's mount. Okay. So you can't see like over the roof, you're looking through the stadium. You are looking through the stadium, yes. Okay. Yeah, so there. I mean, there's limits there in Wrigleyville of how high the buildings can be. So there is there. There's nothing. It's not like one cardinal way. Hey, look, there's Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> right, yeah, you can you can sit there and you can watch every single Clayton Kershaw pitch, <laughs> but then you better be listening or watching it at home. Like there's there's no real benefit of just standing there and watching him pitch. It is when they when they had workouts and stuff, or if there's somebody there, you know, rehabbing, like he can see that. I, I guess that right. would be like a benefit of it. But okay. anyway, we uh th- there was a pool uh on the rooftop up there. Very nice facility. They, they they had a Peloton in the weight room. I did a class. I did a Peloton oh. class. Yeah. You enjoy that? I did. Because I well, I have the app at home. I have a you know a cheap uh bike in, in my garage and I have the app on a TV. Okay. So instead of paying, you know, the three thousand dollars, I think it was like three hundred dollars for a bike, a hundred dollars for a TV, and five dollars, ten dollars a month for the app. Same Saving thing. Saving significant money. Same thing. The exact yes. same thing. But when you do the class, like you're, you're competing against people and you could see who else is doing it live with you and that, and, and it's fun to compete that way. Like, so as I'm do doing it, it, like so I, do I didn't it realize too. that's the first time I've ever done a live class like that. So I'm doing it. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like this is live. And I, so I was like, I, I need to put it into a different gear. So I was like in 30th place and I, I moved all the way up to ninth. Oh, look at you. Yeah. So you know, so, so doing all of that. Uh, so we, you know, we, we do, so we go up to the pool and we're up there and uh, he and I are sitting up there and his girlfriend's like, Oh, do you two want sunscreen? And I was like, no, I don't want sunscreen. And my cousin starts laughing and the girlfriend's like, yeah, you, you two are related. Like, you know, <laughs> neither <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so Andy had too many white claws. Oh no. Fell asleep at the pool. Oh no. <laughs> and I am, I am a little burnt. I don't oh, know. You are a little, see. you are a little lobsterized. Yeah, it's peeling. Yeah, it's I'll, it's, that, it's starting that, to peel a little bit. You know what? The worst part about it is the warm showers. I I have not taken a warm shower, Andy, since Saturday. No, I would bet you haven't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you know, if I get, if I get burned like that, it turns to tan the next day. I you usually happens to me too. I don't know. I'm going to have to work out. I'm going to have to work through it all. I mean, it's going to be like 100 degrees Friday. It's hopefully a nice weekend. I'll maybe I'll, uh, I'll get it all fixed. I'll get it all fixed. It'll all be fine. It'll all even out eventually over time. Maybe you have a sunburn expert as a guest this week. I don't have a sunburn expert as a guest. Who is on? The, well, if you don't have that, who is on the show, Joe? Well, 
I uh, I will tell you, we have uh, coming up uh, in a few minutes. Ricky Horton will be on the uh, on the show. Ah, well, yeah. All right. Old number 49 for you. And we don't even, I'll tell you this, Andy, already in the can, we don't talk about this year's Cardinal team one bit. What do you talk to Ricky about then? We, well, uh, the radio crew just started traveling again. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he and John Rooney back on the road with the team. So okay. we talk about that. We talk about the difficulties of the past year, broadcasting from the booth, from the TV studio, because he's done both. He does both, Andy. He does. Uh, so we talked about that. And then we talked about uh, all the sticky stuff the pitchers have been using. Ah, yeah, there's lots of sticky stuff. Did, did he admit to using sticky stuff back when he threw? He, uh, you, you have to listen to the interview to talk about oh, what he has tried damn. in his career. Damn you, Joe. Yeah. You your deep teases. Yep. Huh. Yep. Right, who, else, who else do we have? Well, Andy, uh, supposed to be uh, talking here once you and I are done with Chris Domino. Oh. Yeah, from uh, what, what is he? Who is he with now? He is down with uh, um, he is with six eighty the fan, and actually, he and I are texting right now uh, about trying to figure out just what time we are uh, we we are going to be able to make this work. And uh, is he still in Atlanta? He is. Okay. Yeah. I like that Chris, like Chris Domino. Yeah, so uh, we're going to try to make it work sometime in the next three hours, I think, is uh, from when you and I are recording this right now. Okay, cool. So I, I want to talk, you know, because the Cardinals playing the Braves this weekend. The sure. the Hawks are uh, are playing well down in Atlanta. All-star game coming up in Atlanta pretty soon? Nope, nope, nope. Andy, that's, uh, it's in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. No, I, uh, I, booked, I booked my flight out there this week. You were just in Denver, but the All-Star game's in Atlanta. I, no, I no, 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 Andy, it's been moved. Andy, the All-Star game is in Denver, Colorado. No, I, that is, is Denver a suburb of Atlanta? Nope. Denver, nope. Denver, Georgia? Nope. No, they moved it out of that state, huh? Yeah, yeah, all the way out. Huh. I uh, didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They moved it out uh, out completely. So he and I are. We're gonna try. Cool. If you see the name on the graphic, he's there. If not, we weren't able to make it work. Uh, but that's. Uh, that's and then Joe, I have a guest this week. It's one of my usual guests. I have Jay Randolph Jr. on. You know what? Hey, Jennings gets clicks. That's that's all. <laughs> when it comes to talking about majors and golf, Jennings gets clicks. That's what I want for this show. I what? want clicks. Clicks, please. Yes. Yeah, Jenny and I are going to talk U.S. Open. We're going to talk Tory Pines. We're going to talk uh, PGA Tour. We're going to talk. We're, we're going to. I'm going to. We're going to talk about Brooks and uh, Brooks and uh, not Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and uh, who's fighting? Bryson DeChambeau. Brooks and Bryson. Yes. That's what's going on there? So nice. Big show, Joe. Big show coming up. You know what I like the, the most about when they play the U.S. Open on the West Coast? What's that? Prime time golf. Oh yeah, I mean, so what time did it get started today locally? Uh, eight forty-five local. No, no, no. Uh, eight forty-five, their local time. So about ten forty-five here. But Joe, the last tee time today is around six o'clock yeah. Central Time. Wow. So what time? So what time is it uh, Sunday? When are they going to tee off? Uh, probably close to five or six. Okay. Yeah, they'll be on till uh. Until about 10, but then at the same time, Joe, there are there's huge Olympic trials going on. Um, one in Omaha 
for the uh, the big swimming champion uh, Olympic trials. Yeah, and then uh, right after the you know, right on Saturday night after golf, they're gonna roll to the uh, the finals of the uh, of the swimming stuff, the the big stuff. I think we're. Is Michael Phelps swimming this year? He's not. I saw him on commentary. I'm I'm very surprised that he didn't come back. I thought he was going to swim. I was. I, I really. I, I would have. I would have thought that as well. I, I figured he would have done at least the 100 meter free, or maybe maybe the 400 relay. The free yeah, relay. yeah. I saw I saw him on commentary the other day. So yeah, he's not. Oh, so uh, no, Michael Phelps. But anyway, but I mean, there's there's always new superstars coming up. There's you know, a kid people. from St. Louis that's diving, right? That's correct. And I, and uh, T- Tyler Taylor, he's Rennie's done story on has done a story on him before. Yeah. So maybe we, hopefully we can talk to him before the uh, before the before he heads off to Tokyo for the games, um, and then the uh, track and field uh, trials start Saturday night as well on on NBC. And then uh, St. Louis is going to be hosting here in a few weeks. Uh, St. Louis is hosting the gymnastics qualifying, yeah, which is another huge, huge deal. So it is. Yeah, it absolutely uh, is. I, I like how NBC is doing. I mean, they really milk this Olympic stuff for what it's worth. And by adding in the trials, uh, I remember they did it a little bit in 2016. Um, hardly any in 2012 that I remember. I think it was all on like on NBC Sports Network or versus whatever it was back then. Yeah. Tyler Downs, by the way, 17 years old. He has earned his ticket to Tokyo in the three meter springboard uh, diving trials this week. Have you watched any of the diving stuff? It's abs. It's just insane. It's, it's so, so just nuts. Did you see the 14 year old kid who qualified from the platform? Oh my God. I have, I have a a Facebook friend uh, lives in the neighborhood and their child does this, I would imagine, probably around that 14-year-old age. And the mom will post picture videos of it. It just, I mean, I couldn't imagine watching this as a as a parent. And God, that would just, oh. You think 10-meter platform. Like, okay, 10 meters, that's not, that's, that's 10. No, Joe, you're, you're basically 100 feet in the air on a platform diving into a water, diving into water, doing a triple a triple back triple back somersault with a with a twist in it in the pipe position get get the hell out of here it's yeah it, it just insane to me by the way speaking of nbc it is no it is very good that they're doing that i was going to save this for crack slippers andy but you, you brought it up and i need to just i need to talk about it right now because right. maybe what so sorry for ruining your crack slipper. No, 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 no. I, I was I was debating if I was going to put this in crack slippers or not because I have two other good crack slippers already ready to go. And Andy, I, uh, I NBC has a lot of time to fill because they had to halt production of their ultimate slip and slide uh, show. No. Yeah, they were going to have. Uh, I guess they they, they I guess they they shut it down back on June second. Shut it down. Yeah. Um, Andy, because of an explosive diarrhea (laughs) outbreak on set. Oh no. Somebody got the salmonella. I don't know if it happened on the actual slip and slide or if it was like a crew member and they just didn't want it getting around and people getting sick. Joan, I know we've talked about it before the movie idiocracy. You've seen seen this movie and their, their, their big show is ow my balls. Yes. And uh, I, I feel like slip and slide is getting really, really close to ow my balls. 
Well, Andy, Ultimate Slip and Slide was uh, currently slated to begin on August 8th, Sunday, August 8th at 9.30, right after the Olympic Summer Games closing ceremony. So, hey, here, here are the greatest athletes in the world in their individual sports. Now here's Slip and Slide. Here's Slip and Slide. Yeah. The show takes takes Slip and Slide's backyard water game and transforms it into a real-life water park full of gigantic slippery rides with a chance to take home a big cash prize. Bobby Moynihan and Ron Funches. Ooh, I didn't realize those. I like both of those guys a lot. I I would watch this show just because it's Bobby Moynihan and Ron Funches. They're hosting the series. I like I you know what I I I'm I might be uh I, I think I have a connection to Ron Funches. I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give oh, that wow. a try. Cool. I'm going to I'm gonna tap into that and see if I can make that happen. You're like Iggy's Rolodex. It's not no, no, this isn't Iggy's Rolodex. This is Andy, this is 10, 12 years of just knowing people and knowing who they know. Iggy's Rolodex. That's not no. Iggy's Rolodex has came from years and years of him tracking down people and keeping good notes of it. Yeah, and Same then deal. half of those people dying recently. Right, there's a lot of dead people in the Rolodex. Yes, there are. Mine comes from oh, I know that person, or oh, I want that person on. Hmm, who do they interact with on Twitter? Oh, I know that person. I can reach out to that person. Andy, that's how I got Roy Wood Jr. on the show back in the day to come on site when I was up at Wrigleyville. Oh, really? Yes. I knew <laughs> that, that, Ron Wood, that Roy Wood Jr. had done stuff with Greg Warren. Oh, so you, you I got- knew that John Marasek and Greg Warren were really good friends. And I've ha- every time I had Greg Warren on, it was either through Marasek or Jay. <laughs> so I think I texted John. I was like, hey, what's Warren's number again? Gave me that. I was like, hey, Greg, we've talked before on 590. You got a number for Roy Wood Jr.? Boom, there it was. Within 45 minutes, I'm texting with Roy. Wow. Yeah. You're so resourceful. It, it, that's, that's what it takes. That's the name of the game. I see. I just try to reach out like, blindly, and that that's, doesn't work. No, it, that's, it's, you got to figure out who you know, who you know around you wherever. You come on my podcast? Yeah, we, and I'm not even the, I'm not the main host. I just I help out and, and I and I do a thing and we can talk about golf. Is that cool with you? That's hey, you know what? That whatever no whatever plays. It didn't work, Joe. Whatever but I, hey, plays. you know what? I reach out. I reach out. You know, and, and even more so. Talking back to out my balls. I mean, American Ninja Warrior is kind of the same deal. I mean, yeah, you want to see the people complete the course, but you really watch to see the guy rack himself on something. No, that's why you watch Wipeout. Why you watch? Why you watch that too? Yeah. Or uh, what was uh, most extreme challenge? Yes, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Even back in the day, like American Gladiators, that was out my balls. Was it? Kinda. Then they have. Then they have two guys named Ice. They have Ice and Blaze and Ice. Right, but those or- people. I mean, they were still all talented. I mean, they still. It, it still took. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always like the American Gladiators. And they, they've tried to bring that back so many times, and it just never works. I don't know why, because it was a really good show back when we were kids. But you know what? It kind of goes back. To, you're, you ever go back and watch movies you thought were just, like, really, really awesome when you were a kid? Yeah. And you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh. 
Yep. That's that's really not good. Like the never ending story. Terrible movie as an adult. That's uh, you know what? I haven't gone back and watched it at all, but that's what I understand. I mean, the, the damn horse dies. Right. It just gets it gets sucked into the to this to the to the sand trap. Not sand trap, uh quicksand. Boy, yeah. when you're a kid, you think you really have to worry about quicksand as an adult. And you know like what? a lot. Yes. A lot. And you know what? You don't need to worry about quicksand as much as you thought you did when you were 10. No, they 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 really do talk it up a ton when you're a kid. Yeah. Quicksand and math, two things you don't need as an adult. Yeah. Well, you need math. Well, you have a phone now to do all the math. It's pretty much right. Yeah. Don't use you have to learn how the math works. Can't use a calculator. Why am I gonna use a calculator when I'm an adult? Why can't I do it now? Right. I'm gonna do all the teachers computer. that say ah, you'll never have a calculator on you at all times. Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah you will. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of great athletes, of just top of the line, just elite athletes. You? You? No, 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 no. By the way, by the way, this uh Saturday, two years since uh, my ACL surgery. Oh, yeah, that's right. right I got a friend who is training for an Ironman. Yep. So I think I think I'm going out biking, and I think uh, the plan is to do like 63 miles. I think. So are you the bike that you're using now? We'll get back to your great athletes. Yeah. Like the bike that you're using now is it appropriate for an Ironman type competition? I would not do. I, this is going to be the bike that I will likely use for the tri Chicago Triathlon. Mm-hmm. The bike that I have right now, it's a road bike. It's its a its a good road bike. It's a few years old. I got it used. I mean, I get it checked out regularly at the, the bike surgeon in O'Fallon. And so I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. If I were to do an Ironman, I, I would invest money into a new bike. Okay. Because you're talking seven, eight hours on a bike. Seven hours, six, yeah, seven, seven hours on the bike. So do, you, do you go with the big cushy seat or do you go? Andy, <laughs> Friday, Friday, I am getting, I have two triathlon suits being delivered to my home. Not sure which one, because I got, I got a large and an extra large. I'm not sure which one I'm going to fit into. But I had both of them being delivered. And do those have the seat cushions built into them? I believe, yes. That, it says padded seat. Ooh. But I don't know how that transitions into running afterwards. Because these are one piece, and it's like a romper. Right. A skin-tight romper. I do not want to see you in that. I'm sending you pictures. I don't want to see you in that. I, I have a lot of questions that are going to be answered tomorrow when I put it on. Joe, I have a big announcement. I just wanted to tell you. It's kind yeah. of cool. Then you can talk about your greatest athletes. Yeah. Guess where I'm playing golf on July 5th? Uh, Old Warson. Payne's Valley. Ooh, with the 19th hole. Yes. That's a, how'd you pull that off? I was poking around on their website on last Friday and saw that just by the grace of God, there was a foursome open at 1210 on Monday, July 5th, the hot, which is technically the holiday. Yeah. And I just, I booked it. Joe, there wasn't a foursome tea. So they, they booked our tea times 30 days out. Yeah. There wasn't a foursome tea time anywhere on their tea sheet. Like, I think if you want to book, for the day that it opens, 
Like, like, so say, you know, 30 days from today would be, what is say, say so July uh, 16th. You have to get on there at like midnight for when that, tea, for, for when that tea book, that for when that tea time opens up to book your tea times for that day. Wow. So I was having to be uh, poking around on there and found it. Joe, it's $325 to play it. And that's a foursome, right? $325 per person, $1,300 for the foursome to play. So, I mean, yeah, you find, you find three other guys and you go. And I did. We're going. That's awesome. Yeah. That is. That's really awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, uh, so back back to all of this as we as we got sidetracked. Yeah, fantastic Shocking. athletes. Um, so no, slew, former SLU uh, basketball player Hassan French. Remember him? I do. He's a basketball player. He was forward, 6'7", 240 pounds. Andy, this past week, he tried out with the Tennessee Titans. He, they're, a, they're, a, they're a football team, Joe. They, they are a football team, yes. I think they play in the is it the is it the FNL? No, no, no. The national they play in the National Football League. And and they're Andy, in, they just traded they're, they just traded for uh they just traded for Julio Jones. And they're in Johnson and they're in Johnson City, Tennessee. No, no, no. Uh, they they are in uh they they are in uh, Tennessee. Yeah. And yeah, Johnson City. No, 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 no. Nashville. Nashville. I, I'm not familiar with that town. Yeah. So uh, yeah, six, seven, 240 pounds. Uh, they're trying them out to they, well, uh, possibly they, play tight end for the, well, play, uh, for the team. Six, seven, two, forty. Boy, that's a good tight end. Yeah, it is. So that'll be, uh, that'll be fun to watch. Uh, as I, I like when they try to switch guys over like that, yeah, switch them over from cool. basketball over how to, is, uh, how old is Hassan French? He, God, he can't be, I mean, he can't be 23, right? I mean, yeah, pretty recent, uh, student athlete at the uh, old slew there. He is 23. He is exactly 23 years old as of uh, March 9th. Cool. Well, yes. awesome. good luck to him. Best of I luck. I know. Very, luck. very much looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I'd like to see what the transition looked like with the, with the body to go from a basketball body to a football body. Yeah, it gives you real to build some upper, some upper body strength. Just, I mean, the, just everything. I mean, the whole, just the way that you, you know, the entire way that you go about it has to be... Yeah. Has to be different. So Joe, uh, I've seen a lot of ruckuses on the Twitter tweets today about the old Philadelphia 76ers. What'd they do? They uh so this is uh, one of the reasons why we'll be talking with uh with our friend uh Chris Domino, hopefully in a uh in, later on in the uh, the show today. But Andy, they just lost a huge lead yesterday. I liked the the to the Atlanta Hawks in their uh in ah, the game. Okay. And my favorite part of it, so as you know, Atlanta, uh the city of Atlanta has has been known to lose a few leads, you know, to let down their fans when it comes to sports. That's correct. The Braves made a lot of playoffs in a row, won what, one World Series? One World Series. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons had a 28-3 to lead over the Patriots, lost. Andy, the other day, uh, the uh, uh, Hawks were up. Uh, the, the Hawks outscored the Sixers by 21 points in the fourth quarter to win by three. So oh. the Sixers went into the fourth quarter up 18 points, lost. So I think the best tweet I saw was something along, how, how are you going to let a team from Atlanta turn you into the Atlanta? <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. 
by the time we're next week, we might be in the fight. We should be in the final four for uh, NBA. So we'll, uh, we'll have that to talk about. Probably have to tune up, uh, tune up the NBA talk next, uh, next week here on the, uh, on the show. So that's, uh, that's everything that we have, uh, that we have come up. You got Jay coming up. We got Ricky Horton coming up on the show, possibly Chris Domino coming up on the show. Lots to, uh, lots to get to here on the uh on the program so we uh, will uh we'll do that and hey we are sponsored by the folks out at uh Munganass. st louis acura hey over 200 cars on the lot at st louis uh Munganass or Munganass st louis acura at 200 cars andy that's a lot of cars in this day and age on a uh, on a car lot Boy, so sure i is. would check that out yeah st louis is the website head on over there and see what they have they're on site and you see right there it tells you how many new cars they have in the inventory right there you can set your budget on a car that you want andy if you want that budget to be between thirty thousand and thirty-five thousand, they got little things you, you scroll it back and forth and it tells you exactly how many new acuras they have on the lot that come in that price range so if that's something that you are in the mood uh, in the market for right now check it out it's st louis acura Dot com. That's St. Louis Acura.com. That is the uh, the website. They have new arrivals right now. The 2022 Acura MDXs are there right now. Uh, a few new arrivals there on the uh, on the lot. They also have the pre-owned vehicles, uh, so much other uh, uh, and the, the service center too over there at Munganass St. Louis Acura. The only 29-time Acura Precision Team winner in the country you could shop from home right there at st louis acura.com take a break back with the interviews right after this it's weekend joe driven by munganass st louis acura munganass alton toyota here on clavesonline.com you're listening to weekend joe here on clavesonline.com once again presented by glory pro wrestling glory pro wrestling has their next show coming up sunday july 25th that's right it's back on sunday it's a 3 p.m show at the South Broadway Athletic Club. The heat is on featuring AEW star All Ego Ethan Page. And hey, don't miss Dan Housen on the card. Dan the Dad is on the card. Number one contender Mike Outlaw on the card. And don't forget about the new Crown of Glory champion Jake Something, who will defend his newly won Crown of Glory championship for the first time here at The Heat Is On. Again, it's at the South Broadway Athletic Club, Sunday afternoon, July 25th. Go to gloryprowrestling.com and find ticket information there. Front row seats have already sold out, but still great seats remain at the South Broadway Athletic Club. Really not a bad seat in the entire venue with so much history in the building and action in the ring for Glory Pro Wrestling's next show on July 25th. And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClavesOnline.com. Uh, hey, let's uh, talk a little baseball. And uh, I think everything but the Cardinals might be uh, on the field, might be covered here in the next 20 minutes or so with the uh, color analyst for Valley Sports and KMOX. He is Rick Horton. He joins us now. What's up, Ricky? Uh, all good. Uh, enjoying uh, being on the road, enjoying being in Atlanta, being with the team. It's our second trip where we've gotten to travel 
uh, with the team. And, and I am so happy about that. I can't even, I'm kind of beside myself. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm in the loop again. You know, you and I were texting the other day and you said something and I almost asked you this question over text, but I thought, no, I'm going to save it for when we're talking. When we were texting, you said, I have to wait and see what the bus schedule is. And I wanted to know how good that felt that you now get the bus schedule again and you're on the road. Yeah. So, so I've, I've, I've kind of felt like, you know, I, I felt like them instead of us, you know, and, and that's nothing, 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 you know, personal about it. It was just obviously the reality of the times. And a lot of people have gone through a lot worse things than I, you know, have gone through not, not being on site for games, but, you know, a part of what we do is to, is to communicate kind of what's really happening and, and when the wind's blowing in and, and, you know, what the crowd sounds like and, and when the players got in and how late they got in, all the stuff, all the details that come into being in the big leagues. And so I felt like I wasn't in the big leagues. I was covering the big leagues. And now I feel like I'm back in to their life and uh, I feel a little bit more like us again. Now, I'm not a player. I'm not, I get that. I had my chance a long time ago, uh, but, uh, but I do feel like I'm, connected to what's going on have a better sense of what's going on and uh, I'm just thrilled about it yeah it's, it's funny you you say that too because I, I've told a story I told the story last year I was just flipping around listening to random games and I think I was listening to a Brewers Tigers game last year the game was in Detroit but as you guys you know you and all the other broadcasters the Brewers team was calling it from Miller Park and they're calling the game and the roof is open and it's raining in Milwaukee. And they were talking during the broadcast that they felt like that's the first time they ever saw pouring rain come down on the field in Milwaukee because they're, they're sitting there calling it on the monitors like, like you guys were. And then you had a similar situation earlier this year as you guys were calling a game. I'm, I'm driving around, I'm listening to the game. And you are somehow weaving. And I think it was when they were down in uh, Miami. You're weaving in play-by-play -play of the – uh, Sage game that was going on at Bush Stadium while the game was being played on the road. So last year we had a unique experience uh, last year specifically of Yadier Molina and Paul DeYoung coming off the COVID list and they were taking batting practice as the game was going on. So I'm not really a scoop guy when it comes to, you know, my style of broadcasting mm -hmm. is, you know, I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an analyst. I mean, I analyze baseball and how that affects fans and connects to fans and that my job is to bring baseball out to the fan base whether they're whether you're eight or 80 and whether you know the game or don't know the game that's and that's a broad uh, communication challenge enough to be able to do that uh but so, so i'm not really into i don't need to know who first i don't need to get a need to get a story but here here are stories happening because i see guys uh, taking batting practice that are you know just coming off the covid list so so we had that last year this year several high school games uh several uh we we saw a wedding reception for goodness sakes down on the field i did not get play-by-play -play of that but uh, but but it, it does give you a little it gave us a little bit of glimpse of 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 having calling something live and and that's the that's the difference when you're when you're looking at a tv you're not calling something live you are commenting on what the whole world is seeing no different than what you're seeing and you you are the the lone guy that's had to do both radio and TV during during this past year. So and Klaibs has talked about it many times uh, about how your setup was or is, I guess, in the radio booth or was. I don't. Did he get to take one of those TVs home? I know he had been planning it for the last year. Is well, it still up there? 
we haven't given them away yet or whatever they're going to do with them, auction them off. And I know Klaibs is first in line, but uh, we have, they haven't done anything with the TVs yet because there's still the possibility that there might be a city that is not ready to ah. take us. So we, we have to keep that as a maybe uh, out there. And so I think they're, they're holding off on the, uh, on the Klaibs sale to this, uh, to this point. Uh, yeah. But, but our setup was extraordinarily good. Two big 85 inch TVs and no, it's good, but you're still, again, staring into a screen, for for several hours and doing radio so you've you're trying to use a lot of adjectives without you know all of the extra views and so i in some ways some ways radio is harder to do uh to do off the um off the off the tv and, and the other thing about it is replays you're tempted to want to talk over a replay and then in your mind you're realizing wait a minute the fan's not seeing the replay again so on tv the cadence always is Dan McLaughlin makes the call and I will talk over the replay or Jim Edmonds or Brad Thompson, or whoever it is, or Rick and kid, we talk over the replay and that's where the, the, the description of what happened and why comes into play. But you're tempted to kind of go off of what you think people see when you're watching TV and that doesn't always work on radio. And that's, and the TV broadcast was so different because you know, you're at Bush stadium still for the radio games. Yeah. You're in a studio for yeah. the TV. So uh, what was uh, what was that like having to go from one venue to the other and do it the way that you did? Well, I, I, I always like a variety. You know, when I played, I was a starter and a reliever and I liked it. I go back and forth. I, I mean, I felt like that created some value for me. And, and on TV and radio, I feel the same way. And whether I'm an analyst or doing play-by-play, I feel like we're doing pre and post. I feel like kind of doing a lot of different things. I feel like that's a value added uh, that I can do that. So I actually like the variety. It's a long season, 162 games. So it's nice to be able to kind of go back and forth. I will say that the TV situation, not being at the ballpark is not as good. I mean, to me, I, did, I felt like, you know, we're, we're in a studio, but you might as well call it a closet. I mean, it's, it's a dark room where there's a TV and, you know, it just, there's no, there's absolutely no uh, atmosphere at all, zero atmosphere. And you're trying to create energy uh, on a TV broadcast, I, I'll give Dan McLaughlin a lot of credit for being as good as he is at, at what he's done on the TV side. He's he's a spectacular talent. And he just he just gets it done. But but it's not easy, especially for the play by play guy. I mean, I can still kind of add a little color to to what happened, and I don't have to talk as much on TV, which is you know another aspect of it. But uh, but the atmosphere is just um, it, it just gets very old very fast. And not to mention the fact that you were, I mean, you were listing off all the names of the analysts that he works with too, having to go and all the different personalities that, that all, I guess, five of you have. Yeah. And some guys, you know, there've been situations of being remote even. And so, I mean, the whole whole idea of being, you know, I'd be there in the closet with Danny, but I mean, maybe Rick Ankiel, you know, maybe he's going to do it from Florida. I don't know how they've done it. Actually. I think at this point, they've mostly been in the studio with him, but there've been times when, uh, in a pre and post situation that that uh, Erica Weston or Scott Warman, they're doing it with a guy remote. And that has another challenge to it of, you know, there, it's there's a lot of timing to what we do in our world, as you know that. I mean, radio, TV, both. It, and especially if you got two people, there's little nuances of when you stop talking and when they start. And there's hand gestures and there's there's just little things you do where, you know, the timing is right. Very hard to get that right. When you've got two people sitting way across from each other in a room or doing it remotely, it's just a challenge. And then the first uh, first road game back, they put you in the smallest uh, booth in, in all of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So, <laughs> they send so, you to Wrigley. <laughs> so people that have never been in that booth, I mean, if they say, you know, people would say, I'm going to go to Chicago. Can I, can I, can I come visit you in a booth? It's like, yeah, bring a shoehorn. I mean, cause we're going to have to, I don't know how we, I mean, now I will say this, they renovated the radio booth oh. in Chicago. And what that means is it, they painted it a nicer, a lighter color. So it looks bigger. The carpet is lighter. So it looks bigger. And that's about it. I mean, I mean it looks bigger, but, but, it is new. I will say it's newer looking, and they've also uh, taken taken it deeper. So that actually helps our engineer Jim Jackson, who does great work, and he's he's kind of the unsung hero of, of everything that's done on the broadcast side for for radio. He does all the the hard work, and 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 he's uh, he's just fantastic at what he does. He's got more room for his stuff, but that front row is just like walking into solitary confinement. I mean, it's not it's not an easy easy place but it is Wrigley and, and the atmosphere at Wrigley I gotta say the atmosphere at Wrigley was extraordinary I mean there, there were moments where you felt the people were saying they felt the press box shaking the, the crowd of 35,000 when they reopened and they had their hall of famers on the field they had Bill Murray, Murray doing the, the seventh inning you know take me out to the ball game just to our right and and that's what we miss is the attitude uh, the, just the the atmosphere being around uh, you know, get the chance to talk to the, their their TV guy uh, and their radio analyst and have a one-on-one face-to-face what's going on with your team. It saved me three hours worth of homework just talking to Ron Coomer and Jim Deshays. And so I, I was, you know, thrilled beyond thrilled to be, uh, be at Wrigley Field. And yeah, I mean, as far as the quality of the broadcast goes too, uh, you've been, you've done so many games at Bush already this year. It was just, you know, you're just on the road and against a uh, against a volatile crowd uh there but it really i mean it was like a late september series it, it had that feel with all three games being as close as they were so the crowd only added to that yeah and i thought the final game was a really important game too for the cardinals i, I felt that during the game they lost but carlos martinez was terrific and so the cub fans were all happy and you know but i i felt leaving that game even though the cardinals lost didn't didn't hit the ball well and and you know, couldn't hit Zach Davies, but Carlos Martinez was, was on fire. And I thought maybe this is a start of something with the Cardinals rotation, which it's become, they've had several, you know, uh, quality starts in a row and you hope that that continues. But I, but I do think that Carlos got something started there, which gave, gave us a hope that the rotation would, would, would come into play. So I was feeling actually kind of good leaving the, the booth, but I went downstairs and in the, um, in the kind of the main concourse, there were, receiving lines of cub fans uh, i mean there was hundreds of people this is still 20 minutes after the game and it's almost like there was one line going next to each other like the end of a hockey series in the family cup and they would hug each other and go to the next person and hug them and high five strangers you know i, I mean it just it just was really kind of a kind of a good human moment for me to see people hugging uh, again hugging strangers but they were united in the fact that they loved the Cubs. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the Cardinals, but I'm a fan of baseball too. And I'm a fan of what baseball can bring to people. And, and I saw that there uh, that day at Wrigley field. And I was, uh, I had goosebumps just, just seeing that moment. And again, nobody's high five of me, but, but I, but I could just feel that something good was going on. So we're, we are recording this Thursday afternoon. It's going to air for the first time Friday. So you'll you'll already have gone down to I guess is it Truist Park now uh, down in Atlanta 
the That's last right. the last time we were there, Rick, Rick, and you were there too. You and I were. I think we talked down on the field uh, uh, before Game Five of the 2019 uh, playoffs. When you get down there today, what kind of feelings do you think you, or what kind of feelings do you think the guys that were involved in that game are going to have? Well, I think they're going to have a feeling that, that they want to be back in playoffs again. I mean, and, and start driving towards that. I mean, that's, you know, you do have places give you memories. And, and I've got to say the, the not, not only the ballpark there, but the hotel uh, in Atlanta has feelings for me because that's where I stopped on the way back from Florida after spring training shut down in 2020. So oddly, my wife and I were, were in Florida and we had a rental car and we thought, well, what do we do? And there was no direction anywhere. And, you know, I found out after the fact that Giovanni Gallegos took his rental car and drove to Mexico from from Jupiter and go ahead and map quest that one and see uh, they didn't have map quests anymore. It's a long way. OK, so he drove to Mexico. So we drove back to St. Louis and the place we stopped was that was the team hotel uh, in Atlanta. So I know that that hotel is going to bring back some memories for me because there was there was literally there was less than 10 people staying at the hotel. When, when we were in that hotel in 2020 uh, after uh, kind of the initial COVID outbreak. So uh, and the initial shutdown. So that's, that's a memory, but on the field memories, you know, it, it's interesting The people of Atlanta, it's a good thing Pete Cosma still doesn't play for us because I mean, if anybody looks like Pete Cosma, they'll boo the poor guy. He's a great guy and it wasn't his fault, but, but that goes back to the play uh, where he had a, a, an infield fly hit that, that should have been called an infield fly or, or is actually, could have been an error, uh, but that was a huge play and again in the playoffs against Atlanta. So uh, there's always memories of uh, series gone by. You mentioned Gallegos. We we got to talk. You're you're a former pitcher, Ricky. We got to talk about everything going on with the uh, yeah. with pitching oh, in yeah. Major League Baseball right now. As first of all, okay, so back when you pitched, what substances were were flying around the the bullpen, the clubhouses then that that were used? Well, you know, there were people I think were still throwing some semblance of, of a spitball. And I, you know, it was getting harder to kind of diagnose that. And I, I tried to learn how to throw it. Somebody taught me, they said, here's how you throw it. And I threw it and the ball went sideways. And I, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure I would use it, but I just wanted to see what it felt like. And, and the idea is you'd squeeze it, you'd throw it and squeeze it at the same time. And the ball would kind of just come out and die. And so that didn't work. So I stopped that. So in fact, fact when I played around with it threw the ball as straight as an arrow which is exactly the opposite of what you want so I never I never threw a spitball and and I think what most people were doing in my era were cutting they were cutting the baseball they were using tacks like little little thumb tacks that either either taped to a glove or an infielder's glove or the catcher's glove or they would they would turn up one of the uh the eyelets on their glove uh, for the laces and and then sharpen it and then use that to cut the ball and, and if you had a cut baseball, you could make it dance a little bit. And I think that was more prevalent than, than anything else. But I'd say towards the end of my career, there was a significant number of players using pine tar as, as a way to grip. And the idea was, and it was kind of, I would say, accepted and understood. Um, I never used it. I never even touched a rosin bag. Never touched it. Didn't, didn't like it. I didn't like sticky because I felt like it kept me from throwing with fingertip pressure that I could feel it, it was not a good feel for me. And so oddly, everybody's saying that the sticky stuff is giving players more control. I don't get that. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I feel like if something's sticking to your finger, how do you have better feel of that? I mean, I think just, it doesn't make sense with the laws of physics that if something's sticking to your finger, you're going to be able to release it with more repeatability. That just, 
I mean, it, it, it's contrary to common sense to me, but, but it certainly gets more spin on the ball. And that's really what the, the world we're living in right now is, is the increased uh, spin rate on breaking pitches, fastballs that are getting all the swings and misses that everybody, you know, detests in this game that, 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 that take the real game away from, from what we used to know. And so the hope is that, 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 that pitchers, you know, will kind of find a way to throw more strikes with it. And I don't understand again, why they're, why they're a lot of pitchers are saying, I can't throw strikes without the sticky stuff. It's all, it's almost, and to me, that's a bad argument. Well, you know, how can I throw strikes if you're not going to let me cheat is a really bad sentence. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but you know, so we've evolved from pine tar to a, this more, you know, spider tack. And I, I wouldn't know spider tack if I tripped over it, but, but I, I understand what it is. Uh, but I just, you know, I think baseball has just decided that we, we've got to find a way to bring our game back. And that's, I mean, I've seen, I've seen just on Twitter, the pictures of the spider tack being used. And I mean, you're able to put your fingers in it and it's like, it, you're still, the jar is still connected to it. And I'm, I'm like you, I don't understand how that helps you pitch. Like, I feel like that would, you know, the ball would hang onto your fingers for a few more seconds and go straight into the ground. Or, or I just, I don't, I don't get that at all. Well, I think the, the yeah. idea is that if you use the right amount, it creates enough, um, it creates enough, the, 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 the tackiness of it creates a more ability for you to impart spin. So whether you're throwing a fastball and you just, and you just, you have such a good grip there that that, that movement somehow creates more spin or on a breaking ball, instead of it slipping out of your hands, you got a good grip on it. You can, you can throw the breaking ball and it's got good spin, but you also might spike it and hit the plate. How many breaking balls have we seen hit the plate this year? It's like, well, it's stuck to your fingers too long. I mean, that, that, that to me, that would be a natural um, result of having a foreign substance on your hand. Again, if the, if the Ross, if the pitcher, when I came out of onto the mound, if the pitcher left the rosin bag too close to the pitching rubber, I would kick it to the back of the mound. I wouldn't even touch it. I'd literally kick it because that feeling of stickiness to me was, was counter to what I was trying to do. I wanted to feel because I was using finger pressure left and right. And, and I just, I just did not want that tackiness at all. And so I were, it'll be very interesting once uh, baseball starts handing out the punitive uh, measures for people who are caught uh, number one, whether clubs will, uh, put pressure on pitchers to stop doing it. I mean, that's the first thing that's going to happen because they're going to have their own penalty if they are, uh, if they're kind of along with them and they're supplying it or they're, they're supporting it. However, that's determined. But if, if, if it does indeed go out of the game, it'll be very interesting. Mike, Mike Schilt has been on record as saying he thinks it will help our game to get back to where our game should be less, less swings and misses, more balls in play. I don't think we need more offense in the game. That's not the word. I don't think you need more runs. I think we need more movement and contact yeah. and, and more movement and contact. And, and I don't care if the score is five to four or nine to eight, doesn't matter to me, but, but the swings and misses at, you know, 98 up in the zone and nobody can hit is, is just, it's boring to watch, frankly. I do want to go back just a bit because you were talking about the, the stickiness just to help throw strikes. We heard Tyler glass. Now the other day, the Tampa Bay Rays pitcher who looks like he might be headed to Tommy John surgery. He blamed it. Uh, not yeah. being able to use the sticky stuff. So it's one thing to say, hey, uh, you know, I can't pitch as well. But it's another thing to say, like, I can't cheat. I can't use that. So I tore my UCL. Like, I, yeah. you, you're, you're the former pitcher. You, you explain that to me. Well, my, my first reaction, and I don't, know, I don't know him. He's a great talent. I mean, so I give him a lot of credit. But I would say, 
I, I mean, I would say it this way, and I, and I was alluding to that earlier. Um, you know, it's a really tough argument to make uh, that I hurt my arm because you wouldn't let me cheat. I, I just don't. I mean, people have been playing baseball for a long time and didn't need spider tack. So to say that you can't physically throw a baseball without sticky stuff is that doesn't make any sense to me. And so I, I think that that's just a tough argument to make. And, and, and could it have happened? I mean, possibly. I mean, maybe maybe he did try to overthrow, which, of course, you know, maybe he was part of doing that. He made that decision to try to throw harder or make that curveball nastier or make that fastball spin at 98 well I mean I, I I'm okay with guys guys throwing 94 with movement down in the zone and not have to throw every pitch 98 up in the zone which is again what we're seeing Rick uh, the last time you and I talked uh, we were talking about you know I think you it was 2019 at spring training is when you uh, hurt your uh, your Achilles your ankle right yeah. uh, how, how's that feeling how's the rehab and everything going for that it, it's all good it was my patella tendon is what I heard okay I, I did it uh you know, I, I, I love to circulate the story that I was rescuing, uh, rescuing kids from a burning building. But what I was really doing was just walking down the stairs. So that sounds like sounds like something um, somebody my age would do. But I, I, I was going to play golf in the morning and I thought I was on the bottom step and I wasn't. And I lurched forward and my knee just just kind of uh, I don't know. It went in a lot of different directions. And so uh, my, the, the part of that story is I was laying on the on the ground in my condo in Florida and my phone was back up the steps that I had just fallen down and I had to crawl up the steps to call the Cardinal trainer to come get me. And what, what I remember about the moment is, and it was painful, very painful injury at the time at, when it first happened. And when I called him and he said, well, where are you? And I said, well, I'm at my condo. And, it, and my wife was gone from spring training. It was over. She was going headed home already. And I called him and I said, well, you got to come pick me up. And he said, well, where are you? I said, well, I'm at the condo. And he said, well, which one? I said, I said, I don't know. It's a one year palm tree. I mean, that's all I could think of to say. Because I didn't, who knows their address at spring training rentals. So <laughs> I had to I had to figure that out somehow to explain where I actually live. But he came and took care of me. The pain went away quickly. Dr. Paletta did the surgery and my rehab uh, took uh, two to three months. Uh, but I was actually running back running before he'd let me play golf because he didn't want me twisting. But I would say I was running at two or three months and golfing at four or five and and right now it's as good as new. I mean, the rehab that I did, I mean, I, I don't want to say I love rehab, but I also tore my rotator cuff on my right shoulder, actually, uh, three years ago lifting. And the rehab that goes into uh, an injury, actually, I, I like the work that that is. And I like to push that. And, and, I, and I've been around some good people to help me with it. So my shoulder is as good as new. And so is my, so is my knee. Appreciate you asking. All right, Ricky, we will be listening to you this weekend on the radio as you are back on the road with John Rooney. You'll be in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, people really, they, they should tune in to the radio call and see what it's like for you guys to be back on the road in the home or in the road ballpark and all this, uh, all the sounds that come with that. So look forward to listening uh, this weekend. It's, it's going to be fun. Atlanta's a good team. We're going to enjoy it. And I uh, enjoy chatting with you. Thank you, Ricky. You bet. And that's the analyst for the Cardinals, Rick Horton, joining us here on Weekend Joe. Hear him this weekend on KMOX. And then uh, he, he does he did a few. What He was last week. He was on with Danny Mack on, uh, on Bally. So both places, all over the place, Rick Horton. And glad he can join us now that he is back on the road down in Atlanta this weekend. Hey, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. Also sponsored 
by the InSkip Law Firm. InSkipLaw.com is the website. I-N-S-K-I-P-Law.com is the website. And hey, they offer a variety of services, estate planning, estate administration, uh, workers' comp. You know, if you're injured on the job, uh, you may be entitled to financial compensation. So give Corey InSkip a call today. 314-818-0344. Find out everything that Corey does online at InSkipLaw.com. That's InSkipLaw.com. They can help with a variety of estate planning and administration needs. Just get online and check it out and uh, we'll give them a call for any of those questions that you might have. Take a break back with more Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota, right after this here on ClabesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClabesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out, as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even longer, and I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. And welcome back into Weekend Joe here on ClabesOnline.com. We're driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, the Cardinals and Braves have a four-game weekend uh, set. And plus, I think this is the first time, 12 years on the air in St. Louis, I think this is the first time I've ever wanted to have somebody on to talk Atlanta Hawks basketball as well. <laughs> we uh, we head on down a familiar voice to uh, longtime listeners of St. Louis Sports Radio from 680, the fan down in Atlanta. We welcome on Chris Domino to the show. Chris, what's going on? Joe, I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. And I, you know what? I, I, did, I didn't tell you this before we started, but I, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you this now. I, I don't mean to embarrass you or anything, but I, <laughs> so two different people, when I, I reached out for your number this week, replied by saying that you are one of the nicest guys that they have ever met in the sports, uh, sports talk world that we live in. So I, I just wanted to extend that to you and let you know how, uh, how well received you are still in St. Louis. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. That's, that's really nice to hear it. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to be decent. Right. Uh, so, and on the scale in the sports talk world, decent is stellar. So <laughs> while I will say I'm probably graded on the curve, it, it is nice to hear. <laughs> I, I like the are play. We, hold on, hold on. Are we allowed to use something of a bad like language? Are we kind of? Okay it's a pod. Or? It's a podcast. It's a website. Say whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not difficult to not be an asshole, but it is kind of amazing in this world how many guys choose to go down that road instead of the other. <laughs> Chris, I like to play this game with people from other markets because you you're very very familiar in St. Louis. I mean, Cardinals are everything. It yeah. really, I mean, it is number one. Yes. Give me the rankings of sports and the teams in Atlanta. Okay, today, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks. <clears throat> Since we don't have a hockey team, we lost that twice. Atlanta Hawks. It it is really a day where a team that has never really been at the forefront of this or very, very rarely 
have the Atlanta Hawks really been the thing that, uh, you know, my kids have 17 and 15 year old daughters. Um, they're not, I don't, you know, they're not huge Hawks fans, but they've been out and it's been, you know, the groups that they've been hanging with. Did you see this? Did you see that? My one daughter was watching the game uh, before this one, game four, with about 20 kids and a bunch of guys. And it was, it was just a really good time. She was really impressed with how much of a good time they had watching that first comeback. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. I, I mean, I know the guys who actually run this. The owner, Tony Ressler, has worked hard to, you know, garner some communal support. You know, he, he's a pretty big community guy. And, and it's not just lip service. And the guys that I know that actually run it are really big Atlanta guys. Been here a long, long, long time. So this matters. And, and in a world where certainly in the last year plus, um, where there hasn't been a lot of social, a lot of high five and a lot of bars, uh, where you get to go watch something and it becomes communal again. You know, the Atlanta Falcons have disappointed. The Braves have disappointed this year. The Braves last year losing to the Dodgers. We've got a long history of that in the city. And, and it doesn't mean that the Hawks have, work their way to anything other than having a 3-2 lead, but it really feels good to know that, rightfully so, they sit up top of everything in terms of conversation today. So if the real answer is normally it's Braves, Falcons, Georgia football, Atlanta Hawks, Georgia Tech, kind of, if, it, if it's going well, it, it makes it easy. They don't really register unless it's going extremely poorly or extremely well because most of the people who went to the school don't live here. It's not a, you know, we have more Florida grads, Auburn grads, Alabama grads, Florida state grads, this state, this city is populated by people from schools all over. A lot of the Georgia tech grads don't stay here. They go find work elsewhere. A lot of them out on the West coast. So it's a little bit hard to gather up steam when it comes to the conversations about them. But, but yeah, it's usually Braves, Falcons, Georgia, Hawks, and then all the other stuff that might be Atlanta United or if there's something special going on in town. Yeah, I was wondering where, because you, I mean, you, you kept saying Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. I figured Georgia football was going to get thrown in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, no doubt about it. Because, again, that's more of a go to school here, stay in the state, much, much more than Georgia Tech. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a longer history. It's, uh, yeah, there, there's a number of reasons, no doubt about it. When Georgia Tech, it's funny. So let me give you the deal with Georgia. I say it all the time. I root for storylines. Um, Georgia being 10 and 2 is okay. Georgia being, God forbid, 7 and 5 becomes more of a story. Georgia being undefeated to go play Alabama is the kick ass story. So there's even sort of a sliding scale with them because it's either really good, Kirby's going to do it, Kirby's going to do it, or it's the we just lost another one of those games where all of a sudden you're not going to be in the national title picture. So for a couple of minutes, that becomes the hot topic. Then they sort of fade a little bit. So it's like I say, if you go to a bar, if, if, and this is what's happened around here the last three years, I know guys who own restaurants and bars. When the Falcons stink in the first seven weeks, Sunday business is gone. It's killer. It's killer. The business is gone. Nobody wants to do the communal thing. Same thing with Georgia. If for some reason it's a hiccup bad year, it's harder to get the full atmosphere going on a Saturday afternoon, and a lot of people lose money on that. The Atlanta Braves, last year it was fun. We got a couple of extra days out of it, but what could have been with the World Series had they beaten the Dodgers was a big thing. And now the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, it is sort of working in that world. And bartenders, waitresses, waiters, people who own these places, it really is the type of town that when it's going well, people go out, spend money, uh, and, and high-five a stranger. When it's not, 
it kind of shuts down in that department. It, you know, there, we have the two surprises right now in the NBA, or I guess the two teams that, you know, that, that you didn't see last year, the Suns making it into the yep. Western Conference Finals. And then you have the Hawks, one win away now, uh, as we record this on Thursday, it'll air on Friday, one win away from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're the five seed. So it's it, it's a little bit of a shock that they're where, where they are in the position that they are. But to you in Atlanta, just go back to October, November uh, of yeah. this past year. If you would have said that they would be one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals, no. I, I, what what no. your mind would have had to happen? You wouldn't have finished the sentence. I would have said, no, that's not going to happen. Remember, they fired a coach uh, this year, and there was a lot of stuff that was sort of leaking out. Was the coach too much of a disciplinarian and some guys didn't like it? Were there other guys who just said, well, I don't really get along with him. Uh, I might get along with him, but this isn't going to work. John Collins had a moment when they were watching film of a really, really bad game this year. And what happened is Collins sort of let it be known that Trey Young might not have as been involved in that meeting as he should have been, or maybe it was a little bit of poutiness or sulking. Uh, and it, and it ended and Nate McMillan has come in and it ended. And all of those things that you really needed to have happen, uh, getting Lou Williams, what a big fourth quarter last night, that was worth it. You know, for Rajon Rondo, Lou Williams is the type of guy that wanted to be here. That helped Rajon Rondo didn't. So all of the things that would have been around October, November, December, January, eh, February, I would have said, no, how, no way. I don't know if they know how to win. I don't know if they can figure out how to win. And I, and I think there was a vibe that said that there's a little bit of a separation. And, and I don't care if you're motivated by money, you're motivated by the lack of respect. They're certainly playing that card now, but it feels like it's real. Like they, they thought the New York crowd disrespected them, everybody, ESPN and NBA Network picking the Knicks to win. And the same thing happened with the 76ers. When they won that game up in New York, it was like a business trip. They didn't jump up and down and celebrate. They came back historically big 26-point deficit last night. They didn't celebrate. It was a business trip. That's how I know that it's different. They haven't been there before. They're wearing playoff diapers, Joe. This team has done nothing in the postseason. There's not a guy around here this side of Lou Williams, maybe a minute with Clint Capella, that's really ever been in the postseason. The fact that they're doing this to the team that was not only the number one seed, but a team at home last night who, who, again, I'll say they collapsed after I say the Hawks won that game. It's not the other way around. In Philadelphia, it's a collapse. Here, it's the Hawks found a way to win that game. They gutted that out. Then the second paragraph is, oh, by the way, Philadelphia, they don't know how to close it out. They proved it two nights in a row. So, yeah, no how, no way that there was a vision of this going on anywhere. And if anybody tells you, oh, I could see they were going to turn this, um, quite honestly, they're a liar. That, that wasn't a conversation at all around here by anybody, including the smart people around here. Uh, Trey Young was so much fun to watch last year, even in, in the short season. Uh, and now this year, he's he's on the big stage. I've seen the comparisons to Reggie Miller. Is, is that fair? Well, the New York thing certainly played that. Uh, you know, take a bow. I, he took a bow like it was Broadway. And I swear to you, the day before that, I called it. I said, look, if you win up in New York, you don't jump up and down. You don't do anything. You take a bow. You leave. That's what you do. You leave. So, yeah, Reggie's taken a bow after he's hit some threes. That, that was absolutely in New York City with Spike Lee sitting courtside. There's never been a – he's not Reggie Miller. He's not his career. You know, the back of the card matters. The resume matters. But he's got some – he's got sniper in him. He really does have some sniper in him. And if, and if I think that he is now sold on, he might have to go for 39 one night. He might have to go for 26 one night. He might go for 21 but have 14 assists. Um, I think he's realized now that what matters the most is winning, not necessarily launching up 27 footers.
yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun to uh, to watch him. Do, I, I was uh, going to ask you that nationally. Like, have you watched? Have you seen? Do you like this style of play? Do you like? I, I kind of think this kind of play back. This kind of play plays in other parts of the country, even if you don't even know who these guys are. And that's the thing. It's learning who these guys are. Trey Young was what number? Was he third overall pick? In yeah, the draft? and remember this: in in our world, they traded Luka Doncic. They drafted Doncic. They ended up getting Trey Young back. So for two years around here is, well, he's flashy, but he's not Luka Doncic. Well, right. Doncic is out now, and Trey Young has moved on and might move on to a second round. That conversation has died as well. Yeah, and that's it's one of those things where you know I, I have I have a son who's almost eight years old, and he's you know it's still the age you don't remember. I mean, I was you know when I was eight years old, I, the Bulls just you know I was living in Chicago, and the Bulls had yeah. just won their first title. Like I don't remember right. Michael Jordan when I was eight years old. I remember who he was when I was twelve years old, and yeah. you know that. So I am very interested in seeing like who his favorite players become over the next few years and you having kids, I'm sure it's the same way. It's, you know, you don't remember who they were at eight. You might remember, you know, who they, their favorite player was at 12. So I'm very interested to see like who that becomes because Trey Young's got a shot, right? And guys like Trey Young, Luka Doncic, like those are the names, like right now, LeBron is not going to be his favorite player when he is, you know, when he asked for that first Jersey, it's not going to be LeBron. LeBron might be retired by then. Right. So it is, it is kind of fascinating. You know, now that I'm seeing these young guys up and coming, who's who's that star going to be and yeah it's going to be a guy like a like a trey young or or a luca and i I think even a guy like steph curry i feel like is past his his time of being that guy too another thing that happens because of trey young size and the story is everybody told him he was too small the stories when he went to college as a it happened to him in high school he went to the front of the line as a freshman some senior knocked him on his ass and said get to the back of the line and he went right back to the front of the line saying i'm as good as anybody on the floor he did it in college. You know, he is undersized. I think sometimes rooting interest, that does play a part. I, I think smaller kids are going to look at a smaller guy who, once you find out the story, oh, this guy was told he's too small and never do this. And by the way, he made an all-star team. True story. Made an all-star team. Then last year when the all-star game this year was here in Atlanta, he didn't get asked to do anything. He didn't make the team. He wasn't in the three-point shooting contest. He wasn't in the skills thing. He was in nothing. He dropped one last night. Well, we don't have anybody all NBA anything. That's the way we like it. So now they're reveling in this. And I think there's something about that. As long as a guy, you know, holds his water in the moments he has to, he doesn't tell me like LeBron or put an Instagram out every five minutes telling me how far he's working. He has a shirt on most of the time, Trey Young, as opposed to the other guy. I think that's the type of guy that you can gravitate towards. So let me ask you this then, uh, as uh, you know, they're, they're up three, two. Uh, as you, uh, you being in Atlanta sports radio uh, for as long as you have, there has been, there has been heartbreak in your career watching these teams. Yeah. It seems like they're playing with house money right now. No, so... no, 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 not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Look, look, that, that is, they have no to close it out. Of... Yes. Because to, to look, I called it last night. I said, I think that's the third biggest win in Atlanta sports history. What are the I want you to two? think about that. The 1998 NFC Championship game, they beat a 15-1 and Vikings team up in Minnesota. I was on the field for that one, literally on the field. They miss a field goal. Um, we kick a field goal, Morton Anderson, and they win and they go to the Super Bowl. Now, unfortunately, that's the Eugene Robinson Super Bowl. I don't know if you're too young to know what that means. Do you know what the Eugene Robinson Super Bowl is? Remember the Super Bowl? I don't know the Eugene Ro- I, I, you're If you tell me, they're I play- might remember it. But yeah, They're playing Denver the night before 
with a man of the year trophy in the back of his car, he gets picked up. A that... little, a little bit of a solicitation problem. Yeah. And, and okay. we, yeah. I'm down in Florida. We woke up that morning. My wife calls me to tell me the news. I am banged up. I mean, I was out the night before. I was banged up. My wife says, "I think the Falcons have a problem." What? Literally, I got my <laughs> wife on the phone telling me Super Bowl Saturday, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Excuse me, Super Bowl Sunday. What just happened? So they win the NFC Championship game, 14 and two team, good team. But Minnesota was supposed to be unbeatable. And they made Dennis Green and company change up the game plan. They win that one. Uh, Gary Anderson had not missed a field goal all year. True story. Had not missed anything. No extra points, no kicks. He misses the biggest field goal of the year. Falcons want to win, go to the Super Bowl. And then the 95 World Series game sticks when you win the only championship down here. Sorry, soccer fans. When you win the only championship down here, that's certainly number one. The NFC championship game is two. Now, there's a Sid Slid game against the Pirates. But what people forget is that's 92. They had gone to a game seven in 91. That was an expectation for the 92 team. Great game, great finish. One of the great baseball finishes of all time. Barry Bonds can't throw out the slowest guy in baseball in Sid Rain. Sid Slid down here. Frankie Cabrera had the hit. But that was a team that had expectations. What yeah. this team did last night was historically six teams in over, I think it's over 400 or 500 games have ever come back. Only one other on the road has ever come back from this big a deficit. And if they lose that game last night, they're done. So go back to the house money thing. It would be, unfortunately, very Atlanta if they drop the next two, just like the Braves being up 3-1 against the Dodgers. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't run the bases in that last game, game seven, and they go home. They have to finish it. The good news is they're capable. I'm not saying they will, but they are capable of winning one of these next two games, no doubt about it. By the way, that uh, that knee brace that Sid Bream was wearing, you can find it at Truist Park. Uh, I want to let listeners know if they're down in Atlanta this weekend for the series, it's there on display at Truist Park uh, out there. And what what would you call that area? Like the Hall of Fame area, the yeah, Braves yeah, history area? Yeah, it's a monument park. There's certainly a lot of Hank Aaron stuff. It really is beautiful. Uh, I'm not pimping anything, whatever. But if you are down here, it's called Monument Park. There's some great Hank Aaron stuff. It's where they held the Hank Aaron service for a very, very small group of people inside the park. Uh, after his passing so yeah it's pretty it's a 40,000 or so seat ballpark good ballpark really good amenities around it you know we basically stole the concept of what you have in St. Louis right across the street we call it the battery here but it's got a sport and social it's got a great pizza place and it's got sort of you want to drink you can drink bring your money we got a lot of potholes to fill around here so bring your money and spend it all weekend long if you choose to but it is a good ballpark it's it's sort of a it's a much quainter ballpark than what was built here in Fulton County Stadium and even Turner Field. So, I enjoy. Uh, I enjoyed the enjoy the, the one visit I have made down there when it was SunTrust Park, Chris. I was down there for Game Five of the NLDS in 2019. Much like uh, this is the first visit that the Cardinals have made yeah. since Game yeah. Five of yeah. 2019. Yeah. That was a fun yeah. first inning so, to watch. Yeah. So let me explain something to you. And I, I'm, I swear to God, I'm, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. That's an example. I call it the brick wall of crap. How many bricks do we have in the brick wall of crap down here? And that certainly was one. So I'm in the building and I have a couple of buddies who are parking and they're all of a sudden realizing six, nothing, seven, nothing. What, what, what's happening here? I'm with people and they're looking around going, I don't think I've ever seen this before. I said, because it's never happened before. No. <laughs> we are historically, we are historically, I don't care what anybody says. I will, I will get in front of them the 12-person jury and a judge, uh, and tell you as a fact, I dare Cleveland, I dare anybody to argue this with me. Um, We are the leading city in America when it comes to 
people diving for the record books to find out if something has ever happened before <laughs> and being on the crap end of it. That's why last night I knew somebody smarter than me, Elias, somebody would let me know how rare a 26 point overcome is uh, because we have had so many of those. I don't think that's ever happened before. That's only the third time since 1901. I think that's only the second time since 1969. We live in that territory. That's why it was nice to have a die for the record books actually go to a positive. That's 10 run inning. And I'm sure you remember it. Uh, a catch or mishandle. Freddie Freeman is a gold glove type first baseman doesn't make a play. Mike Fulton Avich didn't know ass from elbow uh, by the time it was five. And then it just skyrocketed after that. So yeah, that is the last time they were here. Um, not as much at stake, but for the Atlanta Braves, at five games under at 30 and 35, the worst record they've had, seven and a half out in the NL East since 2017 when they were 72 and, 72 and 90. This is it. This is the stretch. I mean, it's, it's St. Louis for four, then the Mets for four. They have an eight-game stretch that literally by July 1st, and I'm not a wave the white flag guy. I'll, I'll certainly say let it play out. I think at that point there's going to be some sort of concession speech if they don't handle their business probably to the tune of a six and two who uh who's on the uh, on the trade block then so it's funny we had alex anthopoulos on yesterday the the general manager but you know he's baseball operations president uh, and and he's the guy to ask i said if we get to defcon one and and i think there there's a misnomer that like defcon five i think for some people is the worst thing it's not defcon one is the worst defcon five is we're all good man we're all good Nothing going on in the world. Nobody's got a missile pointed at us. DEFCON 1 is, by the way, look up in the sky. Here come the missiles. So if we get to DEFCON 1 and they are lousy, and 30 and 35, that's not flukes. They're not underachieving anymore. This is who they are. They're underachieving by the March narrative, not by the June, third week in June narrative. This is, this is how bad they've been. The bullpen has 18 losses. They are 0-10 in games tied after six. Like, it's just there's numbers all over the place that are just, there's a reason you're 30 and 35. I don't even know who's tradable. This side of Freddie Freeman, who is in a free agency year, and that's been a big deal around here. Charlie Morton, who's pitched only okay, but I, if I'm a team and I needed a veteran pitcher, I'm grabbing Charlie Morton if they put him on the block. So, yeah, there is that little gnawing in the back of our heads that this team could go from buyer with a limited amount of resources, we believe, because I, I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money, to a seller if things don't work out in the next four weeks or so. Great Which is stuff. not the way it was yep. supposed to be this year. Great stuff, Chris. Uh, glad we were able to uh, to make this work. And I, I, like I said, I don't think I've ever wanted to talk Atlanta Hawks basketball, and yet yeah. here we are. So, <laughs> well, listen, we we appreciate the city of St. Louis uh, giving us, or however the hell it happened, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, but you got to remember, the last time they won a title, it was up there. The banners, the we banners don't... hanging there. And the, what is it now? It's the Phil. It's not the Phillips Center anymore, is it? Uh, no, it's it's the. It's State Farm Arena. That's, I knew it's that. You, I knew that. It's, it's funny that you actually knew it was Phillips Arena. This is the God's honest truth. I had friends all around the country going, hey, who's Phillips? Who's Mr. Phillips? Who's this named after? I said, no, it's TV people. And it was a certain moment when people go, what? Who? Like, they didn't <laughs> even remember Phillips actually made TVs. So State Farm Arena is now the, uh, you have the right and luxury to pay a bunch of money to have you and I talk and have me mention State Farm Arena. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and, and two, I wanted to say this. I, I, I was, I meant to share this earlier. So I, I had a run-in with the owner of the, uh, the Atlanta Hawks when I was down there for the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, it was at the Foo Fighters Run the Jewels concert, the direct TV party. 
I found myself yep. on the third level. Uh, some I think because of all the wristbands I had out, uh, accumulated during the week, they just didn't yeah. care up there. Okay. And I'm up there on the the front I mean, the front center suite, sitting there watching Run the Jewels, and Foo Fighters is getting ready to uh, to go. And yep. I have a guy tap me on the back, and he goes. He's like, excuse me. He goes, this is our, this is our area. Very nice, very kind about yeah. it. Yeah. He's like, uh, can you please leave? And I turn and I look at his wife standing there and I'm yep. like, I know her from somewhere. I know her from somewhere, yeah. but I was like, I need to get my ass out of here. I'm being told to move. And I walk out and the guy was like, okay, enjoy the concert. Enjoy the show. His wife was very nice. Oh, have a great rest of your night. And I get out of the little suite area and I grab my phone and I'm like, I think I know her from this. And sure enough, yes, it's Tony Ressler and his wife, the actress, Jamie Gertz. Yes. So can I give you a quick one? Uh, yeah. By the way, Tony Ressler, uh, not only is he a billionaire, he's got a brother who's a billionaire in two different industries. His brother's in a construction business. Two billionaires growing up in one house. Roll right. that around your head. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, he sits in seats at the game. He really does. And I know I sat behind him. I took my youngest daughter a few years ago, maybe three years ago to a Hawks game. And we were right behind uh, Tony, his mom, and Jamie Gertz. And my daughter was getting into it. You know, she didn't really know a ton. Uh, soccer players, she didn't, you know, but whatever. She was getting into it. She was cheering pretty good. Next thing you know, right before halftime, somebody comes over with a sweatshirt and a Hawks hat. And they hand it to my daughter. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, we didn't. No, no. Jamie Gertz turns around and says, uh, building it one fan at a time is the greatest way ever. She asked my daughter, because they had an open seat, to come sit with her for the second half. And I was explaining to my daughter in the car, hey, that's my daughter didn't, didn't care. She was an actress. It was maybe interesting. But it was just the fact that the owner's wife in town, they sit in regular seats. And she just realized that one of the things, one of the initiatives around here is to actually build a fan base. And she had a sweatshirt and a hat brought over to my daughter just because she said at that point, you want them to have as good, a, as good an experience as you can have in a building. So that's who they are on top of everything else. So, so easy to root for in that department, no doubt about it. And then you take her home and you have your daughter watch Twister and realize who. Uh... Well, yeah, I certainly wasn't going to have her watch uh, Less Than Zero. I was not. I think she was 12 at the time. And I think Less Than Zero probably would not have been a good choice at that point. Although James Spader maybe played the greatest creep in movie history in that movie. Uh, probably would not have been an appropriate movie for my 12 year old. <laughs> Chris Domino, 680, the fan down in Atlanta. Thank you so much for your time today, hey, Chris. Listen, please tell everybody over there, you know who I know over there. Please tell Frank and Joe and certainly Claves and everybody up there I said hello. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for the call. I, I'm looking forward to what it is both of these teams do by Sunday night. That's Chris Domino, 680, the fan down in Atlanta. Hey, one-time uh, St. Louis radio host as well. A lot of you uh, oh, some of you, a lot of you, I don't know, might, uh, might remember his time on 590 The Fan back in the, uh, the day. That was back before I was on in uh, in St. Louis. So that's pre, God, what has it been, 12 years for me now? So we're talking pre-2010 uh, in, the, in the aughts, I guess. Chris Domito there and uh, just an overall great guy talking Atlanta sports this weekend as the Cardinals are down playing the Braves. Uh, this weekend. Hey, it, this is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. Also, we are sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. The, the folks at Collinsville Auto Body, I, I, I go up there, I see them about once a month, and I'll, I'll talk to them about just some of the stuff that they've had coming in to the, uh, to the shop, and it always amazes me just the different 
issues, the, the different issues that you see with cars out there and everything, they get fixed and they get back on the road and they will uh, they will make sure that it that car is driving as good as new because, again, it's all about their reputation. They, they do one bad job. People are going to hear about it. Every job there is done to perfection at Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Check them out uh, if you have uh, just any uh, major collision, a dent, just anything in between. Collinsville Auto Body will help take care of it. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Take a break and back with more Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota right here. It's ClabesOnline.com. Maybe you've been thinking about doing some home improvements. Well, the timing has never been better to do those projects. Let's drop your rate and get you the cash you need to make those improvements today. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. Back here on Weekend Joe, right here on ClaimsOnline.com, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. I'm Andy Hanselman, here to talk a little U.S. Open golf, and we have our... ClaimsOnline.com golf expert on with us. He is Jennings Randolph Jr. Hi, Jay. What's happening, Andy? You know, just really, you call these high holy days. I, uh, I kind of, I, I like the term as well that where you just kind of you buckle down on the couch and sit down and watch about oh, what seems about fifty or sixty hours of straight golf <laughs> on, on the NBC networks watching the U.S. Open. Uh, do you still get pretty excited about this one? No question. I mean, I, I've been locked in since after, you know, they had the delay this morning. Uh, it does look like they're going to get it in because it's West Coast and, and they knew they were going to go into prime time and they still have a little more time. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i fascinated by it all. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how the golf course is going to play. I still think, you know, as we as we do this, Andy, we're basically 18 holes the first eight the first wave is 18 holes in and you know we're getting an indication that you know scoring if you're not on your game like at most u.s opens uh you know right now there are you know 15 guys under par so maybe by the end of the day they're 20 and then by the end of the next day there's 15 and then there's 10 and then there's five I mean, we don't know yet how the golf course is going to play, but looks like it's going to be a good U.S. Open. I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, I, I love I love West Coast U.S. Opens because I do love golf in prime time. Love coming home after playing on Saturday, and you still have oh four, five, six hours of uh, of good golf coverage to watch well into the evening. Um, have you been out to Torrey Pines before? I know they used to play an AJG uh, AJGA event out there. Every yeah, day. I broadcast the tournament twice on XM, and I've been there one other time. It's a it's a beautiful spot. Uh, sits on top up on top of La Jolla. Uh, La Jolla is a cool town. It's it's a great spot. Anybody that's ever been there, I mean, if you don't like Torrey Pines, uh, you know, then you got issue. What are the guys who are going to score low going to have to do other than make putts to stay out of the rough? in order to stay competitive all week. Obviously, you know, they, they count on the rough changing uh, from Thursday to Sunday. You know, it, it grows a lot uh, in that time. Uh, the golf course gets harder. I don't think you're going to see the drying out elements like you see on the East Coast U.S. Opens. Um, 
you know, so what's it going to take for, for someone to, uh, to pull this one off? Well, and partly is that quote unquote marine layer that they get in the morning that caused them the, the fog today. I mean, I, I, you know, the, the greens are not going to get distressed or, or burnt out, but that also means they can take them low. Um, so we'll see how they do that. I think the player that it, just similar to some, something that we, we saw, Andy, the last PGA, the, the PGA championship, the last major, the more you think about it and the more you analyze the way Phil plotted himself those last six or seven holes as he sensed nobody was making a charge, that was tremendous course management. And, you know, whatever the case comes down Sunday, because the fact that the 18th hole is a par five, and if you hit the fairway, you have a chance to make eagle. If you don't, you know, you better hit a good layup shot or else your third shot may, be, may not be that easy. So I think it's going to be very interesting um, if you've got a couple of guys in the mix going down to that 18th hole because then strategy and execution really takes over. You know, the, the last U.S. Open that was held at Torrey Pines was, was a barn burn itself with, and actually quite, quite famous, has been documented quite well between Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate playing the 18, the 18 hole uh, playoff on Monday. Um, so we, we know this place has history with, oh, yeah. with being a tremendous U S open um, facility. Uh, where was I going with that? I forgot where I was going with that question. All right. So we'll, 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 re, we'll, we'll reroute. Um <clears throat> Who are some of the names that you think can play well on this golf course, Jay? Well, you know, because of the fact that there's a tour event there each and every year at Torrey Pines, you can get a little caught up in previous history there um, and, 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 and look at what a guy has done. You look at a guy like Rom, and since 2017, he's something like, 51 under par and, and 16 or 17 ahead of anybody, you know, but, but I think you got to be a little patient with Rom because of the situation that occurred at Memorial. And, and I give him wonderful credit for the way in which he handled it. Boy, did he of, ever. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Rom guy, period. I mean, I pick him every masters cause it's going to happen at some point or else I know nothing maybe. Um, but, but, you know, I, there's so many guys that have chances here. It's just really execution, especially at the U.S. Open, and not making the double bogey or the triple bogey that it's really hard to recover on when you've only got basically two or three holes other than the par fives, where unless you do something spectacular, you're not going to make birdie. Just like I play, Jay, keep the doubles off the card. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's it, it, this. That's one of the things you know. Claves always loves the U.S. Open, and he liked the <coughs> excuse me. He liked the old school U.S. Opens that you and I remember, where if you hit the ball into the rough, 
you were probably, unless you got really lucky, wedging out and not wedging that far. Um, you know, we remember par at a premium. And I think it is still at a premium, but sometimes because of these guys' ability and length and the venues they're playing and also the fact that these golf courses are so finely conditioned. I mean, even better than they were 20 years ago. Oh. Just, you know, I mean, and you can't even imagine the difference from a U.S. Open setup from 1975 to today. And now I sound like an old, you know, old, old guy, but, it, you know, it's just, it's different. And that'll be the other interesting thing to see is, and it, it hasn't happened yet in the morning wave, if somebody really goes out and establishes themselves. Rory made an opening birdie and looked about as confident as I've seen him in a long time. He hasn't popped in a while. Is it his time to pop? He's done it before. He did it at the U.S. Open at Congressional. Uh, it's been a long drought on majors. I don't know. And, and that's part of all the stories, along with Rahm and Bryson, Xander Shoffley, who's always up there, and Spieth and Dustin Johnson, and, and this Brooks Kepka that it's almost like he wears a Superman cape when he comes to major championships. I mean, this guy, I, I haven't seen, well, no, we haven't seen a run like this at major championships from an individual since Tiger Woods. That's correct. Yeah. You brought up something interesting a second ago by saying uh, how different the courses are set up. I've really been geeking out, nerding out, and watching some of these old highlights and old clips because you can find all this shit on YouTube now. It's incredible what you can find yeah. on YouTube. And you could see Hale Irwin play and win in 1974. Uh, was that a Medina? Where was that? That was, was a Wingfoot. It, it was a Wingfoot. That was a nightmare. The pl players called it the nightmare at Wingfoot. Right, because he, he won at plus seven or something stupid. Yeah. And you're right. The way the course is, the way the course is conditioned compared to, to back then, it's... It, and even look to go back even further to go back 45, 50 years ago, back to the sixties. Oh well, yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a completely different game yeah. So for real PGA tour nerds who watch the farmers and the farmers insurance open every year at Torrey Pines in January. How much different is the golf course from then than it is to today set up for the U S open. I think it's different. It, it, it's the two key differences are the rough, clearly, the green speed, and probably for some guys the added distance because they are going to play it at, at for the most part. Uh, you know, he may get cute with a couple of par fours and tempt them that he changes yardage on, but they'll play mostly all the way back, and and that's a big difference. And Andy, the other thing that's a difference is the weather and the temperatures. You know, you get 55, 60 days as opposed to, uh, you know, 75 to 90. And, and the ball goes a little different and, and the, the, tur the, the turf's a little firmer. Um, so it's, you know, I mean, guys know the layout and I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a guy or feeling good about a guy who's had success there. But the, I also think you've got to look at guys that have had success there and all, also had success in U.S. Opens before because, 
that's a, a big factor. I mean, because this is U.S. Open Torrey Pines, not the PGA Tour Torrey Pines. And I, I compare it to the same way the USGA treats Pebble Beach. It's yes. A, I think a very similar situation. Yes. Every, these guys all know how to play Pebble Beach on the PGA Tour at the at yeah. t Celebrity Pro-Am. Right. Playing yeah, in absolutely. the Absolutely. That's a, a great point. Completely different animal. Yeah, it's a great point. The scoring is different. The setup is different. The way the time of year is different. All those things you're, you're exactly right on. And I think to a certain extent, that's why it works. I mean, if you had the run of the mill, if it was like the regular uh, event in, in February or the 1st of March, it wouldn't be as enticing and it wouldn't be the National Open. So I think in a way, it is fantastic that they can take venues and have been able to over the years that are quote unquote regular tour stops and make them major championship venues. It's a little late to give advice for uh, DraftKings picks, but uh, for the real degenerates, you can go out there and uh, play on each round. Uh, yeah. You had to pick six players for a DraftKings team for Saturday and Sunday. Who would you be picking? Well, I'm not going to go on anything I've seen today in, in terms of I'm just going to give you what I was before. And it hasn't it hasn't steered me wrong, you know, terribly wrong so far. I'm not off to a good start. I, I like Ryan Palmer. And part of the reason I like Rye Bread was because he's played well there. I got a little enamored with that. He shot I think he shot three over today, uh, didn't earn many points. And I also went with JT because. I saw JT earlier in the week and he seemed to be in a good mindset. And I just felt like, you know, he could put together a good round. He didn't, he was kind of all over the map. He finished with a really good shot to make par on a par five. And uh, that's, you know, I didn't start off well, but I've got Rory, I've got Paul Casey, I've got Mark Leishman and my other player is Cam Smith. Talk with Jay Randolph Jr. He hosts lots of different shows, Fairways and Greens on the Big 550 KTRS. He does the Metropolitan Report with Kurt Rowe right here on ClaybsOnline.com. Uh, you do some lesson stuff with some guys too right here on ClaybsOnline.com? Yeah, my, my folks over at Family Golf and Learning Center, the, the, the best thing that's happened to St. Louis golf since a major championship. Their state-of-the-art learning center, teaching center, in a sense, wellness center with my friends at Elevated Performance there. They are changing golfers' games and lives. Uh, it's a combination, Andy, and it, 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 it works so well. It's not a force thing. It depends on what you want. Uh, you can get all the instruction you want from the best instructors like Adam Betts and Bobby Gauss and Rob Satorczyk and on down the line. You can get uh, uh, strengthening uh, advice and golf-specific strengthening advice from Crash Benning, who works with the Blues and the work with the Rams and the Cardinals. And, and then they've got people that work on your back. And it's just – and they've got the indoor setup for oh. – for days like tomorrow when you're never going to want to be outside playing and in the winter, it's going to be a great spot. So we do that. And I also do uh, uh, the UHY prep profile, uh, profiling a junior golfer. We recently profiled Brooke Bierman of uh, Lafayette high school, going to Michigan state to play college golf next year. Uh, what a great young lady. I always like touching on local golf with you. I, 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 I want to give more exposure to local golf 
the Metropolitan Amateur Golf Association does a fantastic job. And this week, they're running their Worldwide Technology Metropolitan Open Championship presented by Dell Technologies. What a name. Out of our friends at, at Lake St. Louis, home of the former Nike Tour event at Lake Forest yeah. Country Club. Yet, you know, it, it's a good golf course. It's a fun golf course. You got over 105 pros and over 40 amateurs competing out there. A hundred thousand dollar purse. Nice. And there's a whole lot of good players out there. A guy named Willie Mack, who just was in contention on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, it's a unique story. African American guy on his bag is St. Louisan Christian Havens who teaches at Stonewolf, another African-American guy. I mean, it's really a cool thing that, that that's a, that that's part of it. Um, but you've got some super players like Chris Nagel, a uh, local guy who, who is a journeyman, and I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, it. It's significant, and hats off to Worldwide Technologies for stepping up, uh, guaranteeing the $100,000 purse, and uh, it's great for pro golf and in all of golf in St. Louis. And it's, I know it's going to be hot, but it's absolutely free to go out there and watch, uh, uh, over the, the, the next two days. And what I, th- I think what people don't realize is that these, these guys, they hit the ball like tour players. They just, they, they may not have the flat stick going like the tour players have it, but I mean, you're going to see some big drives, some big shots, some fun people out there, and they're, they're going to be having a good time playing golf out of Lake Forest this weekend. I think there are three guys that are in this year's United States Open that got in through the qualifying process, obviously not exempt, that in the last three years have played in the Metropolitan Open. So you're talking about guys that are just on the fringe of not having status on the Corn Ferry Tour or the PGA Tour, but are really that next wave or next group uh, of guys that are, are going to be coming out and, and having an impact on the tour. You know, maybe not, maybe not 20 of them, but 10 of them, you know, and, and I think that, you know, they've shown that with the success some of the guys have had that have played in the tournament or won the tournament. That's our good friend, Jay Randolph Jr. Check him out on the Big 550 KTRS with his Fairways and Green Show. It's Sundays at 7? Sundays at six, but Sunday thank you six. for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I podcast it. I understand. It's all podcasts and this and that and free dotum. Right. Free dotum. Yeah. I mean, thanks for your time. As always, we will, uh, we'll, we'll try and catch up for the, uh, for the open championship coming up in July. And uh, we'll get hit it here on weekend. Joe driven by Munkin' Ass, Dayless, Acura, and Alton Toyota right here on ClaimsOnline.com. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. And their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. 
you'll always know the fees up front and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344 or find them online at inskiplaw.com. Segments of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, right here at ClavesOnline.com. Hey, uh, Munganess Alton Toyota, right now, check out the uh, check out what they have on the lot. Uh, as you know, many, many car dealerships are uh, don't have as much as they used to, but I'll tell you this, at Munganess Alton Toyota, what they still do have is the ability to rent a car for your summer Ooh. road trip. Last week, I had to take my car up to Munganess to uh, get some work done on it, and they sent me home, Andy, in a brand new 2022 Sienna yeah. in a van. And Andy, I could tell you we're taking that van, uh, maybe not that exact van, but we are going to be taking a Sienna on our road trip in September and uh, looking forward to it. Andy, the Sienna, like driving around a, a recliner. It really was. But Andy, here's the thing, too. It was a hybrid. Oh, it was a van, a minivan, Andy, that was getting over 50 miles to the gallon. Oh, my God. Right. That's going to really reduce your gas costs, Joe. It will. So, uh, and then, I mean, you, you know, the thing is you get, you look at these cars and you, you want to, you're going to want to buy it afterwards too. And right now too, the value on some of these cards, they are looking for cars. If you have a trade-in, they are going to take it at Munganass Alton Trade, at Munganass St. Louis Acura. Uh, just get, go up there, talk to Jamie Burkhart, talk to him about what, uh, you know, what, what they can help you with or what they can put you in, and Jamie is going to find that car for you. Munganass Alton Toyota, Munganass St. Louis Acura, two title sponsors here of Weekend Joe. Andy, let's uh, let's wrap things up here. I got We got some good crack slippers today, so let's hit them right now. Joe, some stories just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We picked those stories up here on Weekend Joe. These are crack slippers with Joe Roderick on ClaimsOnline.com. Andy, uh, I don't know if you so college baseball getting ready to head to the World Series of uh, of college baseball, mm-hmm. super regionals going on. Teams are punching their tickets there as well. So last week, last week the closer for Virginia, Stephen Scooch, uh, said that they were playing in the super regionals. Virginia was playing South Carolina. He said that a fan from South Carolina was heckling him in the bullpen and told him, "Hey." If you blow this game, I'll buy you Dippin' Dots. <laughs> you know, Andy, it's the ice cream of the future. Right. Has been for 25 years. Yep. And, and he, he said he thought about it for a second, but he <laughs> thought, you know what? If I win this game, we can we get more of a, uh, a stipend, more of a, uh, what's the word? A, um, uh, they, they get more money for food. Yeah, uh, per diem. Per diem. Yeah. He said they get more per diem if they win the game and move it on to the next round. He said, I could buy my own Dippin' Dots with that money. Yeah. Andy, Dippin' Dots, he talked about this in the post-game interview. <laughs> Andy, Dippin' Dots sent him and the entire Virginia Cavaliers Dippin' Dots. Is that legal under NCAA regulations? They cleared it with the NCAA. Dippin' Dots had to call the NCAA and be like, hey, We'd like to give Virginia dipping dots. Can we do that without you suspending them for something <laughs> dumb? Right. And the NCAA was like, yeah, sure. I guess might, <laughs> we might go back on it later, but cool. Give them dipping dots. God. 
So yeah, all of Virginia got Dippin' Dots. That's a great story. It really is. Hey, you know what else is great? So uh, we, we've done this plenty of time. We used to do this all the time with Grover trying to, we did the bowl game Grover's previews. No, 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 this was different. This was bowl game previews. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love bowl game previews. Where we, we would talk to you about like the, the craft fight hunger bowl and exactly yes. what it meant. Yes. I remember. Right. You know, or the poinsettia bowl. Andy? Did you say, did you say poinsettia? Poinsettia. Yeah. How about just a poinsettia? No, it's a poinsettia bowl. How about just a poinsettia? Nope, that it's called the poinsettia. All right. Andy, there is going to be a bowl game for the first time played December 18th at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, up to no good. That's where the Rams play. Stan Kroenke built it. Andy, it's going to be called the LA Bowl. That's a good name. They just got their corporate sponsor. Is it Little Debbie? <laughs> it's not. Andy, on December 18th at SoFi Stadium, it'll be the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. <laughs> the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Did he <laughs> Did somebody... What happened there? At J- the Jimmy Kimmel Live decided they wanted to sponsor a bowl game. And so they bought it. They bought it, Yes. They reached a multi-year deal with Jimmy Kimmel to put his name above the title of the L.A. Bowl. <laughs> I, I like that bowl idea. Jimmy Kimmel believes it's the first time ever that a bowl game has been named after a human. Uh, I would say that's probably... Try to find one, yeah. So, Andy, they have... So, SoFi Stadium, and I, I'm very upset... With this article, this ESPN article, it, it pisses me off because it says the stadium will host the Super Bowl on in February of 2022, followed by the College Football National Championship on January 9th, 2023. Then the arena hopes to host the World Cup matches in 2026 and the opening and closing ceremonies in the, of the Olympics in 2028. You know what it doesn't mention that it's hosting in 2023, Andy? WrestleMania. Money in the bank? WrestleMania. They should they should recognize that. How do you not recognize that? It should be recognized. Stupid ESPN.com not recognizing WrestleMania. I thought ESPN and WWE had a thing. They did have a thing, but now they said that they're not going to cover it as intense as they once did. They still have a tab on ESPN.com for WWE. The ESPYs will have a best WWE moment coming up this year. Uh, they have stuff there in the, uh, they, they do have articles up there, not as often as what they have posted, but they, they do have wrestling stuff there on the website. Okay. Yeah. And Andy, right. finally, in Crack Slippers, did you know, and by the way, if you look at the graphic of the show today, you notice that it's a Pekingese. A Pekingese? A, a Pekingese. You know Why? Why? Because the Pekingese won the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Are your dogs Pekingese? No, they are Maltese's. Maltese? Maltese? Okay. Andy, there was a miniature schnauzer that was in the uh, that was in the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. There is every year, Joe. Okay. Well, this 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 dog was named Rocky. Okay. The owner. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds' dog? 
Barry Bonds and his sister, Cheryl Duggan, entered a miniature schnauzer into the Westminster Kennel Club dog show over the weekend. I, I never pegged Barry as a dog lover. Andy, I tell you what, if you go, so Jen Hale of Fox Sports did an interview with him last week. Andy, Barry Bonds, I think, was more proud of this than anything he has ever done in his life. People love their dogs, Joe. I, the Just the pure joy in his face talking about this dog. I've never seen Barry Bonds. I, it, it, it seems like he was in such a good place talking about this dog. But he said his sister came to him and was like, hey, let's let's get match, you know, let's get the same dogs. And they did. And they were like, hey, let's let's try to show them. So they're purebred show dogs. Yes. Cool. Do they drug test dogs in the Westminster Kennel Club dog show? They should. Do you think that's gonna be something that's gonna happen now that Barry Bonds is included in this? It, do, you, do you think Rocky's on the clear? <laughs> Maybe the cream. Or the cream. One of the two. Right. <laughs> But yeah, go find that interview if you can. It just, I mean, the pure elation in his face was was something else to uh, to see. But they were just, he was just happy to be there. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It, he, again, but he still didn't win. 22 years in baseball, never won a World Series. One year at the Westminster uh, Dog Show, didn't win. I can't watch that in my house, Joe. The dogs barking over the dogs. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I can't watch. Oh, if I try to like watch horse racing, nope. Mm -hmm. it's it, because it, uh, it's the dogs, because Waldo riles them all up. No, nah, it's Winston. Waldo's a good one, believe it or not. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> don't believe it one bit. Andy, right. have a uh, have a wonderful birthday weekend. Uh, Thank you. Thank where you. where are you headed? Uh, where are you going out to eat? Uh, where are you playing golf? What what are you doing? Playing golf gateway, gonna go eat uh gonna go eat some sushi on Saturday night. Where are you going for the sushi? I think wasabi just here in Edwardsville. Okay. And then uh Sunday, mom's making lasagna for Father's Day mm. and my birthday. Okay. You like a good lasagna. Yeah, that sounds good. Yep. So that's what I have going on. Pretty awesome. low key when you turn 44, Joe. No one yeah. throws a big birthday party for you anymore. No, nobody really cares. Nope, no one cares. I've noticed that. I'm I'm only at 36, and I've already noticed that. Yeah, no, no one cares. Right. I mean, it's lucky. Like I went to work on on my birthday. Like, yeah. Uh, you never like, oh, it's another day. Okay, cool. That's a uh, when I when I'm when I'm like making all the rules at at work. Uh, someday soon, God help me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it will be. It will birthday will be your you you get your birthday off. Ooh, I've never heard of a place of work that does that, but good on you. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I like that. It's my way of saying thank you and happy birthday to you. Mm -hmm. Here's a free day of pay. Have at it. I like that. That's a good boss, Andy. I think so too. Yeah. Put me on the payroll there. <laughs> Come on, start counting doors, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, have a wonderful birthday. We will talk to you next week uh, once again right here on Weekend Joe. Hey, we are driven each and every week by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, our next Munganass road trip coming up in about three weeks as we will be going to the All-Star Game in Denver. Next Munganass road trip coming up. Uh, very excited about that one. 
coming up here in uh, I think it is about three weeks. I think three weeks from Sunday is when uh, when that one is. So looking forward to everything that goes into uh, to the All Star uh, All Star Week uh, of for Major League Baseball. For Andy Hansman, I am Joe Roderick. You have been listening to Weekend Joe once again, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, and we're right here each and every week on ClabesOnline. With over 500 vehicles in stock, St. Louis Acura has one of the best inventories in the Midwest. We sold a record 214 cars in April and want to break that record in May. Our customers have always been our number one priority. That's why we are the nation's only 29-time Acura Precision Team winner for customer satisfaction. We offer free vehicle pickup and delivery to your home or office. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.